Welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again. It is the Incredible in the Black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who are black and nerdy and proud as hell of it. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of Mob Deep. Crush, say what's up. What's good, everybody? Damn, Yo, what's going on, man? That was pretty good, man. That was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> what's up, man? I'm t- listen, I'm just saying, you did a good job, bro. I'm That's two nights in a row. I'm always in a row. On a scale of one to ten? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't bad. I mean, even though one of them is dead, it's okay. I mean, we, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's all right, this is why I hate you. This is why I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> we got a special guest this evening. Stop it. And we've got a special guest this evening. Joining us is my big homie, Hilton George, the mastermind behind Blurred Con, the incredible nerd himself. Hilton, what's going on, baby? Man, listen, it is Friday, and it is wonderful to be amongst brothers, having conversations. Like, look, I just ate dinner. I was, I'm feeling real good today. I, you know, so I didn't miss a meal. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get in on these early podcasts, you'd be like looking over, like, is it? Yeah, you know, ate all the chicken. Looking at the dogs, you know, just like they still talking. <laughs> we covered this. No, we, but I'm we good, gonna, man. It's like we're not gonna be those people tonight. Don't worry about nah, that. Nah, 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 nah. Oh man, but honor, honor to be invited as always. Pleasure to see y'all. No and, doubt. Uh, looking forward to our time. No doubt, no doubt. Now, if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. It goes a long way, helps the algorithm. Make sure you hit that subscribe button as well so that you don't miss out on the next episode. And please make sure you follow us across social media at In The Black PDCST. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to join the family, you can go always check out some of our after conversations over at Patreon. Consider joining us over at Patreon as well. But for those people that are lazy, but we still want you to be part of the family. L, why don't you you tell these good folks how they can become part of the family if they want to I'm going to be nice to them after you call them lazy. Especially on the In the Black Podcast. L, tell us what's going on, man. I'm going to be nice to them. Hey, guys, we love you. Uh, Head on over to the In the Black Podcast website. You're very special. Yeah, we really, really appreciate you. Uh, these are the lazy ones. Uh, <laughs> click the Become Family tab, man. Uh, scroll on down a little bit, man, and you have a ton of options to actually support what we are building here, man. Support independent black media. It is crucial. It is needed, particularly in this time, man. You can become a patron. Uh, head over to our Patreon, man, and see the different tiers that we have. We have something for everybody. And if you just want to donate, man, dollar sign in the black PDCST cash app. Uh, we take it all over at this joint. Yeah, Please. no doubt. No doubt. <sighs> now, we had the, we asked the incredible Hilton George to come on and help us talk about 
black culture and this seemingly uh what's what's how do i want to describe this the bleeding over of black culture into popular culture mm. and how you can how we as black people can honestly take credit for that without being disparaged because you know anytime black people say that we created that shit we did that we always get all the backlash and hear all the noise um it's always about race <laughs> yeah you, why are you keep pulling out the race card hilton god damn it Every single time. But I want us to go ahead and like, like I said before, I want us to have a little bit of fun with this conversation, though. Elgin, can you please give us an example of black culture spilling over into pop culture? I was thinking culture appropriation. I'm sorry. I didn't. Oh, think you were thinking. Oh, you were thinking. I was thinking culture. about white people silly stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I said we were having fun. Come on, Elgin. Jesus talking about white people is not fun. Uh, <laughs> you need to get out more. Uh, man, you are the reason for every bad email we get, but go ahead, my God. At least, at least you're getting emails, man. I mean, you know what? <laughs> I'm happy. Go ahead. Oh, man, I can't think of an example off the top of my head of black culture spilling over into. I just, I just saw some. Okay, well, good. Wait, let, crush? Let, let Crush start the party off. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Snoop Dogg's new, commer new commercials for Corona, for Corona beer. Jesus. Okay, yeah. describe describe that for me. He's on the beach. Oh, I mean, I mean, of all of all of all people to, I mean, granted, this is a long run of endorsements he's had throughout his career, but this is just one of many where it's proven that his image, his uh, his character, is his uh, his caricature is uh, appealing to appealing to to a large demographic, yeah. large enough to warrant you know warrant contracts from Corona from. Apple from you know from Microsoft, you know, so this that that's a he, he's a clear cut example of black culture bleeding over. Yeah, but I know? got another one too and, that just popped into my head, man. Uh I don't know if anybody has started watching. I'm sure Hilton has uh been watching the new Superman series. Uh mm. we're we're all familiar with the origins of Lex Luthor, who he is and what he makes up. Uh, and for, and I only caught them one episode, but I noticed they called him Mr. Luther for this gentleman to be a, a, a black man or a non-white man. For me, that's an example of blackness spilling over because I think they, and then particularly with all the backlash that people may not be familiar with, with one of the writers coming out, and I don't even think she's with the show anymore, uh, expressing right. how she you know, saw so many different things taking place. And she was just like, oh my mm -hmm. God. Uh, so I found that very fascinating, but I think they, we see white, we see things that are typically white. And when I say white, I don't necessarily mean white people. I mean, white culture. Uh, and Superman is probably the whitest of white uh, with very little color dynamic to it at all. But for him to introduce his prototypical arch nemesis as a non-white man uh, was fascinating to me. And I think they did it intentionally to what? Draw more uh, viewership in because wokeness is incredibly big right now. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, this, this whole wave uh, that blurred culture is writing is a microcosm of geek culture 
Mm-hmm. And geek culture is on the forefront of pop culture, or at least is getting there. Mm-hmm. And what you are seeing is that, and I think this is the difference between what's been going on probably for maybe more prominently over the last five to 10 years than the previous five to 10, is the confirmation of the monetization or the mm-hmm. monetability, if that's a word, yeah, we just <laughs> of, <made it> up. <laughs> of, of black of black people, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. and diversity and inclusion in non or traditionally non black spaces. Now, this is two things happening at once. There's always been a push of black people trying to take our culture into the mainstream market and and keep it whole, right? You know, from R and B, rock and roll, jazz, art, you know, you name it. But this is, I think, because of technology, I think it is because of the shift in demographics globally to a browner world. Is more brown people mm-hmm. than there was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the Archie Bunkers of the world are dying off. Uh, so there's less, there's less people, mm-hmm. you know, screaming at their tube televisions, you know, <laughs> with their TV dinners, so, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so the 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 mainstream culture has realized that what we have been talking about as a moral issue, right? Always. It's like, you know, you should include us, you should allow us to, you know, come into space and maintain, you know, our dignity, maintain our integrity while contributing to art and music and mm-hmm. television and, mm-hmm. you know, everything, every facet of, of modern culture. And now it's good business, you know, and yeah, it's like, yeah. wait a minute, let's be honest. And again, I'm coming from the geek perspective. So if I default there, I apologize. No, you're so, fine. But Sean's a geek too. So there's no way, there is no way Black Panther would have happened 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. People right. people yeah. over 45 will deny that and go, oh, if it had happened 40 years or 20 years ago, it would have been just as mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, no. no. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. No. they would have hired. Mm-hmm. Robert Zemeckis coming fresh off of Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> to direct it. <laughs> and, and George Clooney's mom would have been the casting director. And you know, it would have it would have been a hot mess. I mean, it may have been a blockbuster, but it would this whole idea of Disney. You know, oh, this whole idea of Disney coming out and saying, okay. You know what? How black can we allow this to happen yeah. on the Disney lot? Like, mm. you know, we know white people got to be here doing something. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. care if it's the key grip. <laughs> it got to be present. Whoever, somebody. There's just not enough of us in every position to make a a something on that scale. You know, all black, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? So we we acknowledge that. So there's going to be. So how black can we make it? You know, we got we got a almost a fully black cast minus two. Right. We've got, you know, black casting director. We got a, a black costume designer, got black writer, producer, associate producer, director. Yep. Yep. You know, it's set in Africa. We are bringing the culture into the story because that's really the key difference. This wasn't just a bunch of black people. Right. This is a, a hundred movies that were shot in Harlem yeah, where right. the screen is full of black people. Right. But the story is not black. Right. Agreed. So, you know what I'm saying? So we're at a place now where the companies are starting to go further and further and further out on a limb 
mm-hmm. to acquire and and hire and sign mm-hmm. and incorporate and buy, frank, quite frankly, uh, as much cultural real estate as they can and cultural identity as they can and try to understand, like, wait a minute, I don't have to make this white in order to sell it to white people because people want authenticity in their media and in their culture in the same way people enjoy authenticity in their ethnic restaurant choices. Facts, facts. You know what I'm saying? You know, the things that we take for granted, like I know, for instance, I knew the best Mexican restaurant when I was in college. Quite frankly, it's because I went there and I was like, there's Mexicans in here eating. (laughs) This must be good. I'm going to give it a (laughs) shot, right? And the menu was in Spanish. Brother came to the table spoke two, three words of English, and always had great food whenever I had there. So I think that we are finding a new generation that is, we're not going to say that they're they're without prejudice and without, you know, subscription to stereotypes or any of that kind of stuff, but they at least understand and can appreciate authenticity in that which they consume. Now, whether they- Hold on, hold on. I want to push back on that just a little bit. My concern, and I think a battle that many of us have as an older generation, I put that in quotes, older generation of folks, nerds pulling in this type of medium, right, is whether or not there is a level of genuity on the parts of the industry, or if it's just exclusively because they've found that it makes dollars and cents. Because it's one Mm -hmm. thing to say, okay, we know that Black people buy tickets, buy these seats, buy the merchandising, all of these things. But it's another thing to say that we think that it's the right thing to do to give them these opportunities behind the camera as well as in front of the camera. So I see where you're going. Uh, But I would say this to us, the people. There is no difference, you know, how they feel about, you know, the opportunities and the doors that are open doesn't change the opportunity itself for us. So for I would say for you, me and everybody who's kind of at the precipice who may be advanced or may have an opportunity to go forward in a traditionally non-white, excuse me, non-black space, it's almost immaterial if the people making the decision are doing so because it's good business or because it's good morally. I mean, they may feel any way they want to about it, but if it's good business, I would actually prefer that they do it for the business side than the moral side. Expand on that if, Well, if, if I know and I'm going to give you something completely hypothetical that doesn't exist and will never happen so that I don't mess up any opportunities for anybody in this room or myself. So let's say All my about Disney. All destroyed, bro. You ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> so let's say, I got let's, let's say the, the Russo brothers wake up tomorrow, start their own studio. They've seen Black Panther. They've seen Luke Cage. You know, they've seen all of this, this Black media get out there and make billions of dollars. And they say, you know what? We're missing out on money because we're just trickling, you know, bits and pieces of authentic culture into this larger Disney MCU or whatever. When there's a whole world on the other side of this membrane that if we go over there and invest, you know, we can take, you know, that would be even more money. I think that they would be more committed. I think they would be more, I would say honest, I guess is the word more forthcoming if they are standing to lose money 
by not investing in us as opposed to them saying, you know, we're not sure if this is going to make money or not, but we're going to go out on a limb and try and do something that's that's just right. I've seen I've seen initiatives come from, you know, large corporations that have been very tied to the times, if you will. You know, I got so many calls and emails from non-black companies, non-black owned entities putting BLM in their in their tear mm. sheets. Like we're, you know, we mm. really are interested in working with you. We're big fans of BLM and we want to, you know, da, 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 da. and, you know, they, these 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 cultural revolutions, they, they come in waves. You know, I mean, yep. it's the cause never goes away for us because we live here. Right. But the news cycle, you know, yeah. kept George Floyd for four months on the top yeah. of everybody's newsfeed, right? Yeah. So opportunities yeah. came from that. And then when it came down, those emails and those calls kind of went down. I'm not Good saying point. that they're, the opportunities went away, but the energy behind it, like we gotta get some black yeah. owned something on our docket. So See. somebody come to us and say, we're not doing ABC one, two, three. We can go, look, we're it's doing terrible. this, right? Yeah. So if it's tied to, if it's tied to a moral sense, I think the wave, you know, will, will end we'll up dictating where the head is at. But their pocketbooks, if somebody comes to me and say, look, I don't know nothing about black culture. I'm calling you because I know you do. I got this money that I'm going to put under your control or I'm going to invest in your business so you can take it, turn it around and make a profit. And then I get my piece, you get your piece and we make money together. I'd be more comfortable with that than someone saying, well, we're going to try and do this grant. And, you know, we're just really mm. feeling your cause, yeah. you know, interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. we feel your so, pain, brother. <laughs> interesting. So ahead, do you, yeah. So do you think we've, you know, we've shaken off that disposability that was kind of put up, put upon us back in the nineties with a lot of our efforts on UPN and all that stuff where it was like, at <laughs> oh one God, point, the UPN. Oh I mean, look, that was the best example of how they just like <laughs> literally, flushed all the black properties down the drain and did a complete shift exactly. in demographics. Exactly. And that's why I'm like, are we, are we past that, you know, that, that stage, that level of, of, of fear that our properties can be swept under the rug so quickly, you know, if they're suddenly found slightly less appealing to some, to some people no. for, for whatever mysterious we are, reason. We are not, we are not. Capital, past not as a whole. Whole. No, right. No, we're not, we're not past everybody, that point, right? Everybody knows. Everybody <laughs> knows some business owner, black-owned business, that either their storefront is in a non-traditional black space, so there's certain stuff they can and can't do because of where they're located, or they're operating in a non-traditional, like a non-black space. Either as far as you know what business they're in, you yeah. know they might be in tech or they might be in some form of media or what mm -hmm. have you. Whereas, like, because of what we're doing, we can't say this. Yep. And we can't piss can't those people off because all that we got is one phone call because nobody true. owns these true. business fronts. Somebody yeah. owns the land that this barbershop is on. Owns the uh, land. One, yeah. That lease yeah. can get can be revoked, right. you know, With for depending on where call. you at. Exactly. So I, I don't think we're beyond it, but I do think that there are more financially minded people and entities that are investing because we make money. And they can see the long-term investment in our dollars, in our, pro in yes. our properties. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, exactly. And that agree. wasn't there before. That wasn't there before. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And I agree with you completely, Hilton, about I would much rather it be <clears throat> financially than morally 
from the standpoint of financially, I actually have a metrics where I can measure potential outcomes. Morally, there's no way I can actually measure if actual change is taking place, at least financially. And that's the, the horrible component about capitalism, but that's a whole nother rant. But at least financially, I actually have a standard of measure to determine how successful something actually is and whether change, no matter how small, is actually happening morally. There's absolutely no no way for you to measure that. And it's no it only it's only logical that in the midst of all the rebellions that we see take place across the country for a myriad of reasons that these big companies would do whatever they possibly could to get involved financially to capitalize on this. And and I know it sounds like I'm intentionally saying there's some nefarious intent behind this. It sounds and like I think, I think, well, to a degree I am uh, because <laughs> that's just the nature of capitalism. It's, I don't think any of these companies are saying, you know what, I'm tired of us oppressing black folks and not having black faces at the table. So we're just going to bring these motherfuckers in. Uh, no, I think they really feel like, hey, in order for, they seem so-called cancel culture, you know, taking place with companies being under attack for not having things. So Spotify or have this going on Disney or do these things. I think it's, it's woke capitalism to a degree, but I think it's also an opportunity for black folks to take advantage of that. I mean, we really ain't got no damn choice. We can't be morally like, Oh my God, I don't want to be involved in this. And then you're going to be broke. So you better get that bag while you got a chance. I think it's interesting, though, because like you look at two two of my favorite. Well, I won't say my favorite, but two properties that I was invested in. OK, uh, Black Lightning. We still haven't really escaped that. Oh, I hate Black Lightning. Can, can, I, can I love something without your hatred ever? And you're like, like, can I can I for once? <laughs> so I, I love Black Lightning. Right. But once again, you see Black Lightning being the almost one singular black show in CW's entire roster that was the first to get the axe only after what? Three seasons? Four, seasons. That, like four, four seasons. Four seasons. Four, four, four seasons. seasons. Mind you, Supernatural was on the air for 20 goddamn years about. You've got other terrible shows that are still on the air on CW. So we still haven't really escaped that narrative, I think, or that mentality that, hey. Agreed. Yeah. It is not necessarily always. We got to be superb. Superb. Yeah. And, and then See, at the same time, yeah. they th- it seems as though they throw, at least in my opinion, you guys correct me if you think I'm wrong, but it seems like they're now it's getting to the point that black characters and the culture in itself are almost throwaway. And this is one of the reasons why I say that. I look at uh, Batwoman, and the first season of Batwoman was, I think, a, a, a decent season. Whatever happened with the actress happened with the actress, and she's no longer able to be black woman, a bat woman. I keep saying black woman. <laughs> you to stop. Black women go get you. Go I know ahead. they. <laughs> now they take a black actress and put her in there, and it seems like the storyline, the writing, all of these all things dipped just, down just, and changed. It, it's it, it subpar now. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, see, see, like two properties already feeling disposable after four yeah. four seasons because I love Black Lightning too. I mean, up until this season, I loved it. Yeah. But well, they found the way after four seasons. I got. I got to tell you the these the segmented diversity 
you know, because I think what is is going to be the most, how should I say this? What's going to have the most longevity are the decisions and the inclusion that happens overarching, you know, in the long her, the long haul. You know, how many right black writers are, are going to end up working at Disney or Marvel or DC? How many black directors? Executives is a huge piece of, of multimedia, uh, you know, and not have this. Let, let, let's be perfectly honest. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we as a black community say out loud that we want. And we almost say it in graphic detail. Like we want to see more stories about this and with this kind of thing. And, 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 boom, boom. and then one pops up. <laughs> And Everybody we don't know how to stand for our shit. Because I can say that. Yes, I can say that. One hundred percent. We are not yep. accustomed to holding our nose for the first season or the second season yep. or whatever, and saying, "You know what? It's not my favorite show, but I know on the night that it airs, if I am not tuned into that show." Yep. Forget about DVR, forget about watching it on bootleg, catching it at my cousin's house on his laptop, all that. On the night that it airs, if my TV is not tuned to the show, that show is going to lose ratings and it's going to go away. Yeah. This is a effort by this yeah. studio to bring in black writers, black directors, black actors, and tell a black story. Mm. And you can superimpose any story that you want, any show or movie that you want and insert it in the blank. But we we walk into these sometimes with a higher expectation of our own stuff than we would if it wasn't ours. Oh my God! That's you know, people look. Right. Come on, bro. How, hold up. Hold we, on, everybody hold on, hold on. talks back up, about back up, Hilton. Do you think that that's not appropriate? That we should expect quality from our people? No, I don't, think, we, I don't yes. think you're saying that. We should expect quality. I'm, I don't know. Oh, absolutely, that at all. We should, absolutely should. We absolutely okay. should. But <sighs> we do not Standards know instinctively. And we do not, and I'm not saying historically, because we definitely knew how to do it in the 60s and during the segregation era, choice. But that generation is gone. This generation was raised on a set of options and choices that, that we enjoy. Hmm. I either like the taste of your fries or I don't. And it's not what who owns the building or whose business mm -hmm. I'm supporting. That's a very distant second for a lot of our generation. The both. And, and the problem is, is that we, and it's, and I'm not saying, I'm not putting a judgment call on it, but the problem is, is that the expectation by the industry is that we will come in and support something that has all the components that we say we want, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and then sometimes we do not. Sometimes yeah. we do, sometimes we do not. We came all out our place all out of our faces, all out of the box, all out of our zone, all out of pocket for Black Panther. Jesus came back from the dead and didn't get the kind of reception from Black people that T'Challa got. Keep it, keep it 100. I get you. Though, I ain't yeah. never, look, I ain't never wore dashiki in my life, but I was in a dashiki going to see this movie. Had it, had it made in Kenya. <laughs> or Ghana, it shipped over. I paid three times what I could have got on Amazon for all the same thing. But I was like, I want it authentic. I want it to smell like 
Like oh, the yeah. cocoa butter when it come out <laughs> like, the box. Like, like shea was... butter and there's juices and berries. I get you. <laughs> oh, my, my God. But, but a month after Black Panther came out, what came out? Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, oh, and that yeah. Ava DuVernay. And that yeah. thing. Well, largely not black wow. Yeah. And I loved it, man. I thought, it's, I thought it's it was dope. Yeah. People, people walk flopped. by that movie Pretty like the sure lotion did. man in the kiosk at the mall. No eye contact. Don't. <laughs> reviews were kind of Macy's. Just Review, keep looking at the Macy's. Reviews were not kind of even. You know? Reviewers were not kind of. And that had every. We want more black women and fantasy and da, 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 da. it had all the check had all those all things. Everybody who saw the movie didn't say the movie sucked. Bad, I mean, they right. may not have said it was the greatest movie ever oh, made. No, it wasn't but that, it was yeah. worth thirteen dollars on a Thursday to take the family to. <laughs> but we didn't even do that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it. my point is, is that that if we as a if we were the kind of unified monolithic or yeah, semi-monolithic, yeah. you know, movement community that outside cultures think we think are. we are, right. Right? Then there would even be more investment because it'd be like, okay, let's flip the same 15 switches that we switched on for Black Panther, but let's do a story about Wall Street, or let's do a story about Westerns, and we'll just, we'll just plug in Black director, Black producer black writer black and 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 it's going to win but we don't operate that way as a community mm. we still we will walk into a movie that has all the check marks give it no extra praise no nothing and just they we i'm going to be objective so my point is is that we as a community have to learn the bigger picture of how we support with our dollars and again i'm not saying that we should invest large amounts of time, energy, and money in stuff that is not quality, right? You know, somebody opens up a, a taco truck and, and I, you know, I get the, I get sick. I'm not going to, well, you're black, so I'm going to get sick again. You know, I'm not saying that, Facts, right. but we should all get sick once. Does that make no, sense? Listen, am man, I saying I, that right? No, like, I should, everybody in the black community <laughs> should be stuck on the <laughs> toilet the on the same day. Well, then, that, that's how he learns. That's how he learns. And <laughs> once he gets his violations, once he pays his fines, he'll learn to cook better food. That's well, all. And I think that yeah, as a community, we is, can teach him through you know, regurgitation. Yeah, the just, point is, that's how we for, teach For a black company, tacos. If we were to get sick, we probably would never go back to that taco truck again. Mm. But if it was a non-black taco truck, we may give them a second glance, a yeah, second chance, yeah. because we have that mm. expectation Pretty of yeah. perfection. Kudoba, I said it. Kudoba, I, I said it. There's no reason for Kudoba to still be in business. None. None. Not with Chipotle, not with Taco Bell. Nope. Who in the hell is keeping Kudoba? Oh. Uh, I don't know who those wife. people are, but my if wife. you eat Kadoba, you'll kill a dog. You know I what? I think you would kick, kick a dog we in try, the chest. She is a little aggressive. Hilton is messing up brand aggressive. money over here. What's going Great. on? Thank I'm you. Worried. He's a little aggressive. I'm just saying that. Go ahead. We had our interview last year around this time, too, before... COVID was really like the thing. We're all worried about it and so on, but we were talking at the time and 
we talked about what it takes or took to get behind the back rooms to do what you're doing with BlurCon. And I guess partially also not seeing though that type of representation. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the stories, some of the instances that you've seen when you were like trying to get your foot in the door and get this thing off the ground? Because I know it has to be has to be some wild shit. Uh, you know, I got it's this is going to be funny because it's not funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> I actually I actually ran into at almost every turn initially a sense of uh, I don't know what the if you want to call it white advocacy or white agency or whatever. You know, I I did not come across a lot of people in pivotal positions of decision making when it came to BlurCon who were rejecting the BlurCon concept outright because it was black nerd convention. Um, the resistance that I did run into it, it across the board usually was about, you know, cost, you know, and, you know, just all the, the minutia that goes into putting it in. Now, where we ran into challenges and where we ran into, you know, this, this idea of resistance was really in the expectations of the convention. You know, I mean, because it didn't have it hadn't happened. You know, it's not like a movie. People have seen a, a majority black film before. So when you say there's another one coming, we all know and we can all agree upon there's seven or eight checkboxes that will qualify this to be a black film or a black it. production or whatever. But it had never happened at this scale and at this, you know, this altitude, I guess you would call it for BlurCon, so no one really knew what to expect. So I go into the hotel and I'm talking to the hotel manager and he's like, okay, tell me what's cosplay. Tell me what is, what are, you know, how do you gonna bring in video games or are people just gonna walk in playing on the hand like my son? Like, you know, I mean, there was just so much, uh, so much of a lack of knowledge that I don't think anybody was on the footing to have a judgment about something that was so far out of their wheelhouse. And I think that was an advantage because if I've been trying to open up a pizza shop or, you know, uh, a, you know, some type of a, of a tertiary business where I'm selling widgets or cogs or whatever, you know, people might have an idea of, of where that fits into their agenda. And so I had to go through, I went to the business improvement district. I went into the economic round table. I went to the arts district, all this in Arlington, Virginia, to tell them and educate them on what it is that we, that cons are and what nerd culture is. Hmm. Then, you know, to say there is a culture within this culture called black nerd culture. And this is celebrating that. And I had videos and I had PowerPoint slides and I'm showing them, you know, meetups and photo shoots and parades and, you know, all this kinds of stuff. And um, Again, I think it came down to probably one of the hardest lifts was trying to, you know, get the idea to the black community that this is your something worth your time. I get it. And worth your time to this day. And I'm not judging people when I say this to this day, there are black nerds that I know and love that I don't think personally will ever come to a blur con. There will always be an excuse. There will always be a reason. But then 
you know, there may be the non-blurred con, if you want to call them that, that happens two weeks after, and you see them bending light to try and save four dollars to get on the <laughs> bus and put all their luggage in the trash bag. I'm gonna make it to blah blah yeah, con or whatever. It's like I know the efforts that you will go to to go to a con you mm. want to go to, but this con is tailor built for you, and you will not go because there are people who just do not want to connect their race with their nerd. Those two identities, yeah. they they would rather keep them at arm's length. Keeping it you all know. the way funky, I remember that first year when you guys were trying to get off the ground and I ran into you at Awesome Con and you were handing out cards for folks to come out to. I, I don't remember what year it was. You were handing out cards for folks to come out it to BlurCon. Yeah, that might have been our second year. That you were uh, there at yeah, Awesome yeah. Con, right? Walking mm -hmm. up and down the steps. And I know that there were a lot of... And I saw how you were being focused in your targeting in terms of who you were giving the tickets, giving your cards out to initially. <laughs> and I know that there that's were a lot a, that's of folks, funny stuff, <laughs> dude. And I know I, I'm, I'm watching you as you're trying to pass out these cards and a number of brothers and sisters that were that were there. And they were like, "Nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. And I'm like, OK. And then when you actually get an opportunity now, this is not to hype BlurCon, even though it's an incredible event. OK. To actually go to BlurCon and see how great it is, and then the following year to see you guys have a table at AwesomeCon and then try and do those cards again, and people are still like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. It's like, I don't know what else we can do. Like, if you have a great product, it is the people that you you purport to support. Like, what else do you want from, from us? You get what I'm saying? Watch there there really is a schism, and in that schism lay the opportunity, but there is a schism between a large chunk of the black nerd community and the black community. Uh, it tends to be a little bit older, you know, if you're, I'm thinking probably people over 25 at this point, uh, because we as black people were nerds just like our white, Asian or whatever friends, you know, when we were in high school, middle school and elementary school, and everybody had to turn in their cool card. Like everybody, oh, I'm gonna be a nerd. All right, here's my cool card. I don't know. Take all my nerd, my, my cool credits, everything. I'm giving up prom, dating. I'll push that virginity thing to Back college. To whatever, whatever, comes with the, whatever comes with turning your card in, right? But yeah. it's the sacrifices we make. <laughs> we love We love Your our collections. stuff. We made it, we've all made our sacrifices. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but the the black nerd is the only one that was asked to turn in their black card as well as their cool yeah. card. Because yeah. the black community was like, what? Because we, there, that's that thread, and it's still there. Anybody who's ever worked in higher ed or, or, or secondary yeah. education knows that we still have this thread of anti intellectualism in mm. our community where mm. a kid in school mm. will. And I've seen this. I've worked in education for a long time. I've seen a kid in high school on, oh, you be speak mortified. Now. Be mm. mortified if you call out a good grade. You got the highest score on the test. Good job. Yay. They're going to be fighting at lunch. Because somebody's, they're just going to target that person. Because we don't look at grades and knowledge and education in a lot of our pockets of our community as a positive, we see it as being white. If you speak proper English, you're being white. Come if you're on, doing man. a lot of reading, if you're doing cosplay, if you're doing nerd stuff, why are you acting white? Why are you talking mm. white? Well, you know, all this stuff. 
And it's just this reinforced idea of, of what people think black is supposed to be. And nerd was not included. And Facts. to a large degree yeah. is still not. So yeah. if you have people that were that were raised in an environment who came up in an environment where they have been rejected and rejected and bullied and, you know, whatever, Ooh. by their own community, Come on, the schism between them psychologically and that community when they become adults, it's even further because it's not even forced. In college, you know, you got, you know, there's going to be, you might have a black roommate, you're going to have black people sitting next to you, whether you want to or not, just like anybody. But when you get out into the world and and college is over and you go to your cubicle at your job and back home, you know, if you don't have a connect, it's not like you get this automatic membership to the MLACP when you, when you graduate college. Facts. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> so fast forward, this kid, this person is now 30 years old. Still ain't, you know, they they just a little bit too black for their white friends. They definitely not black enough for their black friends. They're cosplaying and hanging out, you know, they doing themselves. They're doing what they love, to be fair. And all their friends around them at this point in their life, 30 years of, of one new friend every two or three years adds up. You got 15 white people around you. Right. And they may have they may have put you in this box of and everybody here, especially those of us who are from non-black centered areas has heard stuff like, you're not, you know, you're not, you're like, not black. You're not like every yeah. other, you're, you're not, not like, like those other black people. Those you're cool. Yeah. You're yeah. good. Yeah. You know, or, or, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're not, like you said, you're, you're not like all the rest of them or whatever, whatever, whatever. You're one of the good ones. You're a credit to your race, that kind of stuff. And then here I come busting through your friends group to hand you a flyer with black nerd on it. Here you go, man. And they're like, oh, here you go. <laughs> now you done busted, you done busted me. Now I'm the target again. Now I'm the subject. The spotlight is on me to call me out. Hmm. And that's what is happening at some level psychologically. I think with a lot of us who are just like that coach. Just like that coach and his white wife. And, just, <laughs> and here, here I come. Because the thing is, is that you know, it's funny because the the, the white friends will take the card and read it next to their black friend and go, Oh man, this is dope. They got they got this, 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 this. And go. you know, and be go. honest in there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's 100 percent facts, my guy. And you, That's 100 so this is what facts. he's describing what he saw me doing. Because look, I to a certain degree, I, I at sometimes it does feel like I'm I'm that brother from the future Islam standing on the corner with, with bean, the bean, bean pies <laughs> and the final call <laughs> trying to Trying to give them that, man. <laughs> you know, hey, Muhammad speaks. It's awesome. That's real, man. And what do we do? What do we do? Yeah, we're on, we on the corner of Massachusetts and Capitol. What are we doing? Mm. I give it to you, my guy. You spot on. You spot on, man. And you know it's what's funny is that 1978. I'm I'm actually rolling with this. It's 1978. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. You know, <laughs> is that. As I've been going, like I told you off air, we've already had this conversation, but I told you that my family and I, we make it an event when we go for those three days to BlurCon. And what I've been noticing the past several years is that there's been a, and I don't say this disparagingly, but there's been a, a higher infiltration, and I put that in quotes, of white people showing up at BlurCon, which has been extremely fascinating to me, given the numbers continues to increase. So I'm like, okay, 
how do you keep the balance, right? How do you continue to be authentically a black nerd and you've got white people, I don't want to say appropriating the culture, but partaking more than spectating. Listen, this is, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what's happening with that. And it's really (laughs) fascinating. It's a, it's a, the social, if, if I had been thinking one thing I wish I had done to some degree from the very beginning, from like the day after I said the word in my own head, BlurCon, is that I would have started doing some type of socio, uh, you know, cultural, you know, data gathering, just because the movement in the culture and and in people's psychology in large groups, you get, you're like right up with it, like for five years, you see it in a way that just moving through your life, you don't see. So what is happening, and this is, this is, Actually, it's a positive thing, but it, the, the, the effect of it is what you're describing, is that the white allyship, where there are people at BlurredCon, non-Black nerds, who are connected in some tangible way to a person of color. So if you walked up to probably half of the white people that are at BlurredCon, they either have a mixed race son or daughter, a black husband or wife. Uh, They are a member of their crew that they really, really, really fuck with, that they're really cool with was coming. And they go to all their cons together. I'm here because I'm with Craig. And Craig told me to come and he was here last year. He said it was dope. And I'm just here with Craig and I'm having a good time. Right? You know, it's really this interesting thing. And, you know, on and it's because we are so intersectional you know, with our ethnic backgrounds, you know, because I would say this to everybody, I was like, blurs can be in almost every community. Like you can be, you can be in the Asian community in a blur. You got a black daddy, you can, right? You know, it's, you can definitely do it. Mm -hmm. Black, a black Asian, go to Howard. <laughs> every every other person, you like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you got a little something, something else going on with you. Yep, yep you black, yep. but you, you know, you're a Jamaican. Is um, right, you know, like, wait, you redhead with freckles and a fro. Okay, listen, like, <laughs> we we make them all. Black people make them all. Anyway, so that phenomenon it grows, and what is happening is, is that we are actually reaching more people outside of the direct blurred community connected to blurs through those blurs because they're bringing more of their circle. So just, just as an example, that the whole example of the brother that, that was encircled by white people, let's go back to that example. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Chad picks up the flyer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Leon, the brother I was reaching for, didn't take it because he didn't want to be singled out. But, you know, Craig is reading it and he's getting hyped because he's like, yo, they got a food truck rally. I'm paying $8 for a ham sandwich here at the convention center. I want food trucks. Can we check this out? And the, the white guy will be talking to the black friend. And, and then the, suddenly the black friend will find it. All right, fine. Let me read this thing. All right, all right let's go. Now I got, I got the blurred I was looking for. He done bought a ticket, but he got four non-black friends that's coming in the car with him. And, and that's, that's kind of how the community you know, starts to grow and there's more and more people of mixed race. Now, the way I see it, the thing that gives me comfort, because it's it's not a comfortable thing for a segment of the black nerd community. And we know oh, who sure. they are. They're very vocal. Yeah. And and I make no judgment on that. You know, I think people 
have the right to own their blackness any way they want to, mm. even to the point of denying it. You know, I have met black people who are just like, I don't even want to be identified as black. I put other on my driver's license. I just want to be John Jones. I don't want to be seen as a black man. I'm like, look, that's your blackness. You're free to do whatever you want with it. I don't have to agree with it, but I'm not going to chase you down the street about it because the cops going to do that for me because you're black whether you want to do it or not. <laughs> so, I'm not going. <laughs> so I don't have to tell you. Yeah, pick Life what you want. catch up to that, right? You know, that's yeah. a whole other argument. Pick what you want. They don't care. <laughs> Hey, it, it says, oh, I'm an other. <laughs> it, you look black, nigga. You look black, nigga. You're on the ground. Hey, look, that's a whole other show. But, you know, the point is, is that I think people can do whatever they want with their blackness, and I, I don't judge. But those, there are people who are not comfortable with the idea of non-black people being in a black nerd space, even though the nerd space is very, very diverse. And what I tell people is kind of think about it like a restaurant. You can go to any soul food restaurant in America and you're going to see in most of them, at least a third of the people sitting there eating soul food are not going to be black. They're going to hmm. be, you know, they are there to enjoy the food, they love the food, they want to eat the food, and the people who are owners of the business are happy to have as many people enjoy this bit of cultural exchange uh, in as much uh, volume as they can exchange it. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any problem with that either because I'm like, you know what, if I'm at Sweetie Pies in Missouri, and Sweetie Pies is a black-owned soul food restaurant. I've eaten there dozens of times whenever I travel. Mm -hmm. it all the black the Sweetie Pie, the woman, is sitting there. This is my oxtail. These are my grits. You know, is it okay? Guess what? This is not a franchise. This is not some recipe that was hidden behind a menu on <clears throat> on uh, uh, what do you call it? Cheesecake Factory. Mm. You know, whatever. Mm. So they're going to get a certain amount of cultural education and exposure being here, eating the food, and maybe even having some conversations. Yeah. So I'm totally comfortable with that. I also mm -hmm. look at it like a museum. Like how many how many white people would it take to go to the African-American History Museum for people to think it's no longer an African-American History Museum? Mm, that's a very interesting question. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You look, what's behind the glass? What's, what's on the movie? What's in the brochure? What's in the gift shop? The amount of people and of non- ethnic designated race does not change the exchange and the knowledge that is being put out there. Dude. So I think BlurredCon is a lot like that. And so it doesn't give me any consternation to see a diversity. But the funny thing is, and this I told you this oh before, I was like, you know, I can actually see who's buying badges and who's buying tickets to BlurredCon, you know, in the app. Yeah. It's maybe five, eight percent white. But they stand out so much in the crowd no, you're right that, about it's that like, it, it's like, it's so funny because I was like, yeah, there's about 20 white people on the con floor right now. But it may look like there's more because it's 24 and there's a thousand black people around. I them. can dig it. It makes sense. Kind of in the same way that like <laughs> if you go to any non-blurred convention we if stand you saw 10 black people standing in a crowd of 10,000 at like an Otacon or whatever, and they were all white, 
Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, right. Who's yeah. did you see them 10 brothers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, they don't work here. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. he didn't have on a uh, he, he didn't have on a badge. No, 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 that's right. right. Yeah, no, right. he's like, Well, let's, let's go follow them. They up to something. No, it's, true. it's true, it's true. The party is either the party is over true. there, it's true, it's true, or the cops are over here. <laughs> you stupid. I mean, all you right. see all the black cats move on. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the fun. We're gonna get into the fun shit now, man. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, trash or not? Do, 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 not. Do. Elgin, trash or not? <laughs> keep it one hundred. Oh, keep it one hundred. I mean, you know, I'm gonna keep it one hundred. I, you know, I don't have. Buck. Go ahead. Uh, it's not trash. You, you you were hesitant. I'm gonna come back to that. Crush, <laughs> trash or not? Well, you know me. It's not trash. Okay. For me, oh, I think it's I'm okay. I'm 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 I like it, Come but I'm on, not bro. I'm not on Thank it. Some you. some of the characters I'm like mm-hmm. like Battlestar. Mm-hmm. Like, oh okay, no, it's we, either or no no we, it's we, either or man. We, trash we, or we need to do we need to do we need you to don't do get the gray better. area. We need to do a gray area. He's comic canon. He's canon. You know what you gotta have him in there. Yeah, I what are your what are your qualms about Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I think if I'm not mistaken, it's only going to be six episodes, uh, yeah, yeah. which for me is problematic because they squuzz so much into mm-hmm. uh, this stuff that I think they really had an opportunity to flesh out some stories to build up and do a better build up job. I don't think they've done a great job. Uh, building the chemistry up between Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's really lethal really? weapon. I, I I don't like the chemistry between those two. It's not as, but I think again, they're really trying to force it in and squeeze it in and speed things up a little bit more. I would want to see more of the Winter Soldier because the Winter Soldier to me is a far more fascinating character. I I. Never liked Anthony Mackie as Falcon. Uh, I can dig that. I can dig he's that. just never done it for me. He never represented who I thought the Falcon was. Yeah, it sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I give you that. Uh, but it's okay. And I think they set the mark really high with the writing on uh, WandaVision. So I think many people are trying to compare Falcon and the Winter Soldier to what they saw in WandaVision. And I personally enjoyed WandaVision, but I didn't think it was as over the moon as some of the other folks thought it was also. But I'm liking Falcon and Winter Soldier, man. I'm going to watch it. Uh, right, I just right. don't like Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson. I think he's awful. Nah, I can dig that. I can dig that. See, I, I just got to say, Hilton had that deep sigh of reservation like, oh, God. <laughs> I have been following so much of the social media around WandaVision. It's just all I'm going to say about WandaVision. Please. We uh, had so many fan theories and put so much stock into it. Like, you know, people who would go and and watch the news and, and crack jokes and, and disparage people to believe in QAnon would turn on WandaVision and go, there go Mephisto. There you go. That's the, it's the man with the mail because it's him in mail is Mephisto and it's a code. So you're not watching. So you can't, Hilton, don't make me fight you. You, 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 you know, it's true. And, and we got so invested. And I saw Man. so many expectations about, you know, the Fantastic Four is going to oh, get. Oh, yeah, this is going to be Reed Richards gonna get, here. Right, yeah. right, so, right. Blue Marvel's going to show up. <laughs> I'm like, where that the, the hell do you crush. see Blue? Like, that was the one. Like, 
I know, I know. That was the whole theory I was going on to. <laughs> I had my own hopes. I swear I was with y'all. I was like, oh, that would be dope. Oh, that'd be interesting. But I wasn't sitting around going, this is the episode where we find out that, you know, it's this is like a this is Galactus and they're all scrolls. And then I was like, y'all just pulling this out of nowhere. So when it didn't happen, you know, there was a lot of brothers that was like kind of disappointed it, I don't I was. This, it's garbage because I'm smart and Mephisto needs to be in the MCU. And if they if if Kevin Feige is not taking my emails to put Mephisto and introduce Reed Richards and the Galactus saga, then the whole thing, throw it all out. So I was, I, I saw a whole lot of that with WandaVision. I was like, that's not fair. That's I know, I know, I know, I know. So what do you guys think? To, go, 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 go ahead, ahead, Hilton. No, I was just going to say, uh, but the reason why, and I've, I've heard this from people, uh, kind of associated with Disney. Uh, and this happened with a lot of other other properties, including WandaVision. The number of episodes and the plots and stuff that they were able to do was curtailed because of COVID. Mm. I think that they, oh, at right. one point, might have had eight, maybe even nine episodes for Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of planned. But all of these kind of fell right in the middle of the COVID break. Yeah. And they kind of like, okay, we got to figure out how to cobble this together. Cause mm -hmm. you remember before COVID they was ready to drop all this stuff last spring. Yeah, Like I was, I was like, I, personally, I was like, Oh my God, like this is an amazing opportunity. We're all sitting at home. We ain't got nothing to do. We're not going to movies. Disney can just pick up the ball the and just say, we're going to own, we just going to own everything all during COVID. COVID. The viewership's going to be yeah. through the roof. And it just didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen. But a lot of the stuff was still in pre-production and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're not getting as many episodes of uh, of shows like Falcon and the Winter Soldier that we had hoped for. I think one of the things that's, I won't say disappointing, but a little lackluster for me is that I think for me, Captain America, the Winter Soldier was my is my favorite Marvel movie. Because we agree on something? <laughs> Because it was a hell is I know, I know. <laughs> hell, hell is getting really cold right my, now. My, my, as a glitch on my computer here, I don't help but think that it sounded like you agreed. I am uh, in an alternate universe writers. right now. I'm no. in an alternate universe right now. I know, I know, I know. He's like, Look, what the like me, going on? me and Crush, me and Crush are on, on Verizon and y'all on AT&C. <laughs> and it's not, it's not the connection is not working. Nah, because in no, all honesty, that was the one movie that I can honestly say that you went in with the concept of it being a comic book movie and it did not have that feeling and kept you in that space yeah. from beginning I to agree. end. And that was exactly my thought that, about it. That's, that's, right. that's exactly yeah. why yeah. I love it. And I thought one of the things that made me so excited about Falcon and the Winter Soldier that it would have that feel. It would have that same feeling. And it has it, it doesn't. I am mm -hmm. also though, I am happy to say that they, that we're introducing uh, non-nerddom, these side-by fans or whatever you want to call them uh, to people like Isaiah Bradley and so on. So they're bringing more of the black culture of comic books into the forefront, into you know the public sphere, but I, it's missing that oomph that I was expecting for it to have mm -hmm. when it dropped. But you, but you know, there's a, I, I'm enjoying Falcon and the Soldier myself uh, very much, but I also heard something interesting in regard to their production because there was actually a storyline that uh, dealt with uh, mishandling or the or the abuse of vaccines that Disney decided to write out of the series, and that along with COVID, mm. 
made it a little tough hmm. for uh, the producers. I can see how they yeah, would put that they, in there. Because there, there, there are actually moments in the story where you're wondering, why didn't they go this way, but they're going this way. Like, mm. um, But because they didn't want to uh, put any negative connotation on vaccines out there. Mm, interesting. Mm. All right, Hilton, another, another tough question. You were on the hot seat tonight with this question, to be honest with you. Mm. I have a friend of mine that I've been, uh, you know, I tried friends. I, God, stop using friend. that term. You have no I thought friends. You had, I thought you had five friends. Five friends. Five friends. And two How of many them friends you got? Now, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I thought you had. Come on, Hilton, like, Hilton, if you don't see them at Blur Conda Summer, <laughs> yeah. you know it's not because they didn't want to come. Oh no, I'm going to be there. I'm mad. I missed the first three. So I just want to let you. I gotta be there. I have to be there. So you know, I try to get into all the spheres, right? We have the show. I try to do my marketing. I try to do all those things. I try to make sure I am in tuned, right? And it was brought to my attention that. Many people use BlurCon not as a, and I'm not saying this disparaging uh, Hilton, so don't take it the wrong way, but many people oh, use BlurCon as an opportunity to hook up. So what is the craziest thing you've seen that you've heard at these hey, cons? Crush, I know some folks, how do we get like, here, Crush? So I know that there are folks that be like, <laughs> well, well, look, I'm going to BlurCon. Look, look, oh, for real, look, you look, going to BlurCon too? Okay, <laughs> let's look. make sure we get that hotel room so we can so, Hilton, what is the strangest thing that you've heard that you've seen as you've been going through these several years of BlurCon? Well, okay. So, first of all, I feel I feel like the, the CIA should, should hire me as a contractor <laughs> because of my ability to maintain plausible deniability in the face of <laughs> astounding... Incriminations of, of law, <laughs> whatever vows of holy moly. Stop it, Hilton. You know, violate all bro. the man code. Always keeping it one hundred. Don't don't front on me today. Go ahead, my I'm, guy. I am about to disappoint you and every person. <laughs> you won't be Hilton. Listen, <laughs> being a con runner <clears throat> gives me a sense of immense influence and connection. And even some people call it clout or even power or whatever, mm. but it's like being in middle school <clears throat> and you get a, a lamp and the genie comes out and, and you say, you know what? I want to be the most, the strongest and the tallest and the most well-known person in my school. Right. And we all know what in our mind that would be and what that would do for our social lives and right, all the right, opportunities right, right. we don't have as nerds. And the genie does this and boom, you're the principal. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Is that metaphor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does that puts you into the right. All the things. I feel sorry for you. We, I feel yeah. for you, bro. I feel for you. I oh, feel yeah, that the right good. pool now. We pulled yeah, into yeah. the annex yeah. line. Yeah, that makes sense. Building oh, C God. at PG Community College. Ooh. We're all oh, God. we're all here. This must drive you crazy. Milton, you know fucking you know, good, man. Don't do that. But me. it's but it's true. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh Lord. As a con runner, <laughs> I have been automatically aged by 15 years in the mind of everybody <laughs> run. And then called me 
They done added. Look, man, they done put somebody. I swear to God, somebody thought I was 58 years old. Because <laughs> anybody under 27 has no concept of what 35 and up even looks like. Back. Yeah, so yeah. you can't. It's like asking a toddler, how old is mommy and daddy? You must be 80. Like they don't know. So it's that same <laughs> type of dynamic. I'm the person that walks into the party and people stop smoking. Like they go, oh shit. Like, oh, you know, damn. they <laughs> the conversation that was just going wild over in this corner is like, hey, what's going on? You know, it's this, it's not a the party has begun because I have arrived type of vibe. That is gone. That is gone. I, my so I'm saying that to say that I'm not in on any of those emails or DMs or any of the communication that results in any of the stuff that you're talking about. Now, that being said, I am painfully aware that there are tons and tons and tons (laughs) of people who go in clumps of 30 to 60 people from con to con to con, in part for the express purpose of conjugating. Is that the word? Conjugating? Mm, I think that's a good word. I think Conj- that conjugating. Yeah, conjugal you know, visits. Conjugating. Conjugating, oh, conjugating, conjugating <laughs> verbs and nouns. Like oh schoolhouse God, rock. Right? Conhounds out here. God damn. And, I, and now the, to the funny story that you requested is a non-story, but it illustrates even further where I'm where I actually sit in this world of craziness. After BlurCon year two, somebody came up to me and it com- com- uh, uh, what is it complimented me on how well the key exchange went this year. Now, I don't know what a key exchange is. And looking at everybody's face, I don't think you know what a key exchange is either. But I was like, I don't know what that is. But I'm glad you had a good time. Bye. Go and I talked to my friends. Someone said, I said, was there like a panel or what is this thing called a key exchange? And they're like, oh, you're going to do a key exchange, Hilton. Okay. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? They said, well, what it is is you go to cons and people who are loosely or directly associated with one another intimately or in the groups intimately will say, my room is number so-and-so, such-and-such. Here is the room key. Go on up there. I'll see you in 10, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And it's called a key exchange where you just go up to somebody and give them a key to your room. And then they go up to the room. You go up to the room. Do what you're going to do. And then you move on with life. And it's just that direct. So anyone who's not looking for that, anyone who's not paying any attention to that, isn't going to see it. I don't know what a key I'm you handing credit cards to somebody, they want some popcorn. I don't know what it's for. I'm not paying attention to But now see, the thing is, is that now that I know who the people are, because I have spoken with their representatives and I've given them advice on the better way to do things as to not bring any liability to myself. Which of course, of course, of course. Is to say, don't get your room in the room block because all you're going to get is a one bed or a two or a double. Go outside the room block, call the hotel, ask for one of the suites. Get yourself a suite. Do something crazy in the suite. Not in a bathroom stall, not 
you know, in the back corner behind the stage and all that. You got a place <laughs> you and 10, 15 of your friends can go and do whatever they want. Nobody's going to bother you. And you got plenty of room to do it. And they go, oh, yeah. think of that. Like, boom. So now when I go to cons and I see any two or three of there's probably about 15 people that I know of that are kind of in that circle. If I see any two or three of them at any con, I know there's 30 of them somewhere <laughs> and I know it's on and I know what's wow. happening with that group. And I'll be like, and then I, you know, wow. now, okay. So, but the funny thing is it's like, it's never, and it has never, it has never been the case, nor, do I anticipate that it ever will be the case that that crew will ever come up and then be like, try to invite me into the fold. There's never that. That's understand. Type of, uh, <laughs> you've, you've already told us that you were, you were no, dad. We're, in this we, no, no, no. We're going to go have an orgy. No, no, no. You stay here. No, we're going. We're we. Oh, where can we meet you later to eat? No, no, no. But, 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 Just no we're one you're less here, perk. <laughs> right, you know, I does my my clout or whatever it is does not translate into Yiddish or whatever the language is. <laughs> it's, it's that world, I get you. I get you. It's it's a, a you okay. Okay. Two questions, fun questions that I can ask you, ma'am. What are you reading and what are you looking forward to in terms of the medium now? Because I know there's a lot of things on the horizon. Me right now, I've been really Milestone. enjoying. The like for real, for real. I've really been enjoying Invincible on Amazon. Is there anything that you're looking forward to? What are you reading? That sort of thing. Uh, thank you for asking. Oh, uh, let me go ahead and head over to Amazon and piss my wife off. Come on. You just hold up hold, this... before you do a Hilton. You already said that you weren't buying any more books for the remainder of the month. So I you can't already support, hold on. I can't support a black business. Listen, is this is this is the eighth of April. This is the eighth of April, right? Eighth or ninth of April? You you not you it's already breaking your promise man. already? You are an agent. Okay, I just want to. I just want to. Hey, hey, you're hey! You are not going to incriminate me. I just want to make sure that I did my part. Go ahead, Hilton. <laughs> this this book actually got <laughs> I got sent to me. So this is this is the stuff I get from the community. I don't get invitations to second <laughs> books. This is like <laughs> you know, a very look, an, an astoundingly attractive woman <laughs> approached me and asked me for my phone number and address so she could send me a book. Uh, <laughs> That's where I am. This is my life. This is what I do. <laughs> and, I'm book pimping, yo. Book, book pimping, yo, man. That's the sound clip, bro. That's the sound clip. Oh, look at that double spacing. No, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but this book is called Black Nerd Problems After the Group. Uh, I know the guys that uh, wrote it. It's a it's a sense. It's a compilation of essays about the black nerd experience. Uh, it's a really smooth group of guys that uh, came together to put this together, and so I've been hyping it up. Um, it's on Amazon. It's called Black Nerd Problems. You know, this this is the thing that I'm reading right now, and I've been putting it on my shelf here for all of my podcast appearances, so that everybody will know that it's there. So, highly recommend picking it up because it's definitely something that is written and produced by members of the Black Nerd community, and it's not like some researcher from the outside, you know, Werner Herzog doing his. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. That's that's 100. It's 100. really cool. Right. So what is, what is your favorite thing to do for 
during the cons, though? Like, what is your favorite part of it? Because it seems like part of <laughs> card exchange, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Book exchange. You want to this? This is. I try to explain this. It's one more time. Book I get books. People want me to be educated and better my life. I just don't care about nothing else. Do no, <laughs> no, no. Honestly, uh, for me, it's been a it's been a revelation because I don't actually get to participate in BlurCon in any comparable way to anyone who's attending. So people, I'm there, but I'm kind of like on stand, I'm working, I'm putting out fires and stuff. So I very, I get moments, but I don't get a chance to get caught up, you know? So I don't really get to experience BlurCon the way anybody else does. I can do However, that. when I go to I other know. conventions, I cosplay just like anybody else. You know, I hang out with friends, um, I, you know, and the, con the cons I like to go to are more adult. Like you go to Dragon Con, you know, that's like a 30 and up thing, no, you know. You gotta be where... careful how you how you describe that. You you really just came from one story. <laughs> and now you're, oh, you're like, come on, my guy. Like, are you involved <laughs> in that thing or you're not involved? Like, be careful how you describe it. Go ahead, my guy. I'm I'm telling you. <laughs> I will be I will be the most encyclopedically red brother <laughs> in nerddom before I get a, somebody's room key. <laughs> Smart man, smart man. Smart I'm telling man. you, I'm telling you. It's just okay, but you, you go to these more more adult cons and go ahead, man. Because then I can, you know, I can I can wear, you know, my cosplays, you know, drink, stay up late. I like cons that are around the clock, so I tend to gravitate to gaming, anime, I do, I do. multi, you know. But comic cons, as you know, like uh, even San Diego or New York Comic Con, you know, lights cut on at, at eight o'clock, and they'd be like, all right, y'all get out. And you know it's kind of insulting if I paid three hundred dollars for a full yeah, weekend badge. You just gonna dump me out into into New York, <laughs> with yeah, nowhere to go. But yeah, so when I do a cosplay, um, I do a lot of networking. Uh, I like to get away from the con, at least to eat. Wherever I go, I like to go to eat at the local places and stuff. Uh, but as a con runner, there's always some type of convention runners meetup or reception or something that we all can get together and it'll be the MomoCon, Dragon Con, New York City Comic Con, you know, mostly anime con runners all hanging out and networking and stuff. So I get to I get to enjoy a little bit of that. Hmm. Uh, so that's what I do at the con space when I hmm. get a chance to enjoy it. Interesting. Hilton George, man, I want to say thank you for taking the opportunity yeah, to come by and kick it with us, man. We yeah. really appreciate it. I know you could have been it's spending awesome. your time doing a host of other things, you know, managing key exchanges and stuff, but you chose to kick it with us, and we really appreciate that, man. Before Get in my damn bookmobile and drive. <laughs> Before we let you Put head my reading out, rainbow right shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Before we let you head out of here, man, please tell our listeners, tell our audience how they can get, how they can find you if they'd like to find you. Tell them a bit more about BlurCon and how they can get involved with that if they'd like to do that. Listen, um, you know, we are going to be at this point one of the first conventions, full blown cons happening on the summer calendar. We are the weekend of July 16th at the Hyatt Regency Crystal City in Arlington, Virginia, right next to the Reagan National Airport. Uh, Badges are selling at a steady clip. Uh, the the 
COVID situation we are anticipating is going to be a lot better in three and a half months than it is right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be a mask mandate throughout the interior of the space. We are putting together some amazing, amazing outdoor events to spread out the crowd, you know, parties and programming in the food truck lot. You remember the food truck lot? It's just yeah, it it's an amazing it's space. Um, we're really excited to be that first one, man. And there's going to be so many people coming back you know, into the space. If you've been vaccinated, you know, your your concern goes down like 90% being vaccinated. So the issues about safety and stuff, we don't have to worry about. So if you want news and updated information about the con, follow our social media. And this is important because in the past, you used to be able to follow a page or follow a group and the algorithm would say, okay, we're not gonna regulate that because you have decided that you wanna follow that. So that's gonna end up on your timeline and on your newsfeed. Well, now the algorithm says, nope. you know what? You got to not only subscribe, but you got to follow. Yeah. And you got to whitelist it and you got to put notifications yeah. on yeah. if you want to see stuff. So do that because all of the new information about updated events and stuff is going to come to our social media first and then to the website and then to the emails for the subscriber list mm -hmm. and the guest announcements and all that stuff is going to happen. So you go to BlurredCon DC is the hashtag on Twitter. You go to BlurredCon is the page on Facebook. BlurredCon is also the Facebook group. BlurredCon.com is the website. Um, Instagram, BlurredCon. <laughs> we put all of that stuff out. And uh, I, I actually am more excited about the challenge of putting on this successful convention this summer than probably any other year because it has forced us to kind of throw the whole table up in the air and put everything back together in a new way to make it COVID safe. But at the same time, some of the stuff we're doing is going to change the way cons are going to be done from here on out. Question so for you before you do that. Question for you. You, you or the hotel, neither you or the hotel at this point are requiring vaccination cards. Is that right? At this point, no. We're 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 trying to figure out what they're going to do with this uh, vaccine passport idea. Again, that's three months down the road. You know, it seems like this far off concept that everybody's kind of in or out on. But three months from now, we might be like, I got mine, just so I don't have to hear nobody's mouth. And you know, it'd be something simple. You know, we may do something that's a combination of COVID uh, vaccine vaccines or and or. Uh, testing, recent testing. I'm seeing some cons do that. And that might be a way to go. But the key is really being safe. I mean, that's that's really what it all boils down to. Once people are comfortable that the convention space and the time that they're going to spend in it is going to be safe for them and the people around them, then we can kind of relax a little, let our gear, you know, let our guard down. And, and you know, as long as we're wearing masks and not picking each other's noses or anything crazy, then we can be reasonably certain that we're going to be safe. So keep an eye on that because those are the kinds of things that we'll make a big announcement about uh, and make it work uh, for everybody. Hilton, you missed the you you buried the lead, man. When is it? Oh, the weekend of July sixteenth. That's uh, this summer. Uh, and remember, I got to tell people this because people always forget this. And we're coming up on this will be our fourth year, our fifth year, but our fourth event. BlurredCon is twenty four hours. Okay. So when you come into BlurredCon, you waiting for us to shut everything down so you can go to sleep. Nah. It's not going to happen. You're going to be walking around talking about these people just still, there's still music playing. What is this? Is it going to end soon? Are we waiting? <laughs> You've got to set your own time to go to bed because we're not going to tell you. Yeah. Yes, the bar closes at a certain time. 
registration closes at a certain time. We stopped doing panels at a certain time. But the anime screening rooms around the clock, tabletop gaming rooms around the clock, console gaming rooms around the clock, the video arcade atrium around the clock. And there's going to be a DJ spinning pretty much around the clock. Why? Because you can't stop a DJ from spinning. And that's just going to happen. This music, this food, the food trucks, 14 food trucks are going to be around the clock. Oh, sure. You want to go out, get food four o'clock in the morning. I guarantee you half of them are going to be sitting there like, what you want? You know? Mm. So if you have some Red Bull or if you need to build up some sleep, you know, in the days leading up to, so you can do that 56 to 72 hour marathon, do what you got to do, get the most value out of the con because man, you know, we've been cooped up for, it'll be 18 yeah. months of cooped up <laughs> coming out all at once. So be, be ready. You don't want to miss, you don't want to miss it. Somebody might hand you a room key. <laughs> <laughs> Crush, where can people find you if they want to find you? <laughs> Man, please, y'all, y'all can find me on Instagram as usual at the Orange Crush with a K or SP Methods where you can check out some tracks and other good stuff. No doubt. L, where can people find you if they want to find you, man? You, you can't find me getting no damn room keys. I know that. <laughs> you, you won't find me doing that shit. Uh, <laughs> we are three broke-ass men who don't go exchanging room keys. We stay in our room and we read our Bible. Thank you very much. Go ahead, L. Oh, God. Uh, at Elgin Bailey on Twitter, man. Holla at me. No doubt. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, informed, intelligent, in the, in, black. The black. in the black. Peace. Peace. In the black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. Word. Bretrix, what up? I am Brett, I block up here, Bretrix. Listen. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Yeah. switch fast if you ain't raw, then yeah. you're whack. Informed, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up bro, man, a specialist. Know what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said, they my cheat. Who no do it so effortless? I listen to my learn when them listen to my benefit reporting current events everything that is prevalent this is so exquisite a scientific experiment giving you the news not fused without evidence telling you the truth sentiments without embellishments relax these are the facts bringing them to your residence in your house or your tenement listen to hear intelligence body filled with melanin power that's so acetylene bright in the stars bringing some light back to the desolate yeah. In the black podcast, and your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, the panther, pull up and watch. Black up in your chat, me can't flop. In the black podcast, and your lad is all facts. You don't like that, then fall back. In the black podcast, we outlast. The whole of them can, none of them no can trust. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's how we are doing it, no big old. Yeah. Mr. In the black himself. What up, DJ Henry? Your boy Black Pink. I'm out. Now, Lua!